2: Hello friends, welcome to Mavs Party. You're joined by Kirk Henderson, Ederson, Editor-in-Chief of Mavs Moneyball, and the guy who pot way more than is healthy. The Dallas Mavericks just held on and defeated the New Orleans Pelicans despite a preposterously good rally. Uh, the Pelicans were down 24 at one point. And brought Mavericks to the brink, and the Mavericks held on because uh, I really don't understand how they how they held on because once again they showed that their clutch time offense sucks ass. But what are you gonna do? Uh, so those of you who have been here before know the rules, or at least the the rules is a strong term. How you get to come up on stage? You press that request button. When I bring you on stage, call out your name. It instant-mutes you, so you're gonna need to hit the unmute button yourself out of the main chat hit that unmute button and then as you're watching yourself talk make sure the circle around your name lights up dark green like mine is now that way that confirms that people in the chat can hear what you have to say um, not really sure what we're going to talk about tonight so I'd like to keep it a little on the shorter side because somehow we talked for 90 minutes last time but hey this is for you guys. It's supposed to be fun, so let's hang out. Coming up first, I'm going to bring on Max, because I've not seen Max in here in a while.
3: Max, how? Oh, it's going good. I'm feeling pretty pretty happy with the win, like you said. you know, We kind of had to grind it out at the end, but I feel happy that our defense is improved to the point that we don't have to be perfect at the end of games anymore, and I felt like that was the case the past – two or three years. Mm, I mean, they're really being led by their defense, which
2: I will figure out how to process eventually for now. I'm just going to be happy that it's working and then figure out how the hell they're doing it.
3: Yeah. Granted, you know, Norland did Norlands did end up scoring a lot of points tonight. I felt like they were making tough shots. I mean, turns out CJ McCollum is very good at basketball. And had he not been playing out of his mind, I don't think it was as close of a game as it as it was.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, you got to feel bad for them. So the Mavericks, we Mavericks fans, just shed ourselves of the existential weight that is Kristaps Porzingis, and now the Pelicans, who have been hoping against hope for Zion Williamson, you know, they essentially made that CJ McCollum trade as a bit of a last ditch effort to become relevant and and hopefully entice Zion to work something out, but. He may need a second foot surgery, which for anybody who has seen him is not surprising because he is carrying so much weight and he's such an athletic person. Like this whole thing with them is we, I'm just saying this to point out, we understand the existential sort of funk that it, that Pelicans fans might be, might be feeling. And, you know, you could see what they're going for because if Zion Williamson is playing with, with him and Ingram, like they're, They'd they'd be frightening, but, you know, lucky for Mavs fans tonight, we didn't have to deal with that and instead could just enjoy, like, Luka scoring 45 points in three quarters.
3: Yeah, it was was really great to watch tonight. One thing I did notice watching the game is I think Bertans has uh, a bit of (laughs) Wizards PTSD where he doesn't understand that a good shot in the Wizards' offense is a not-great shot in the Mavs' offense. So I think that I think that he if he just lets the game come to him a little bit more, he'll get a lot better looks. But he'll also be able to create a lot of open looks for other people because, you know, they're gonna be trying to run him off the three point line. And, you know, yeah, he didn't have a great shooting night tonight. But I think that as soon as he understands and kind of lets the game come to him a little more, I I still am pretty optimistic. You know, it's two games in, but that was just one observation. I think it's a
2: good one. I do think one of the things that's worth noting, and when we talk about the Mavericks three-point shooters, is you have Maxi and Dorian, for example, who are straight-up catch-and-shoot guys. Bertons is willing and able to come off of screens and catch and fire, which is needed in this Mavericks offense. That dude doesn't dislike shots. I... <laughs> Like some of his looks are just terrible. I mean, he he caught one in the fourth where it's just like he's floating solidly left and just guns it up anyways. I I don't know what to think about him. I'm I'm going to enjoy and also probably loathe aspects of the Davis Bertans.
3: Experience. Cool. I'll, I'll I'll say one more thing before I let some other people get up here. I know we don't want to be talking a lot tonight. I'm just gonna sit back and listen to everyone. Hopefully, be pretty positive and happy, but. Uh, I saw I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was just that Mark Cuban was talking to somebody after the game and just mentioned, you know, that he's going into the luxury tax and he was going to pay Brunson. And that just made me also happy to hear him actually commit to that. So that was the last thing I wanted to say. That's a good note, Max. I
2: didn't see that one because I was I was not fully engaged in this game until about midway through the third. Thank you. Thanks for coming up. All right, coming up next, we have Tyron. Welcome back to the show, Tyron. How you doing? Hit that unmute button and tell us what you got.
4: Give him a second here. There All we go. Right. What's going on, Kirk? Welcome. All right. Well, I want to harp on a good win. A win is a win. We beat the Pelicans. Yippee Um, One thing that I've been noticing is how under the radar we've been. And I love it. That is such uh, a good thing to have going into the playoffs. Um, Hell, I mean, most of the media can't even pronounce our guy's name right. And we've been so good lately. We're going to surprise a lot of people uh, after the All-Star break. And I'm so excited for it.
2: I like this take. This is good. I know a lot of people You get bothered when the Mavs aren't talked about. But I think the Mavs aren't talked about because no one understands how the hell they're doing this. And less is more, frankly. I I would rather, you know, walk quietly and carry a big stick. I like this point. Thank you for this.
4: Yeah. Have a good night, Kurt. You too, buddy.
2: All right. Coming up next, we have John. Welcome, John.
5: Hey, can you hear me? I can. Hey, Kirk, hey, did you know you got shouted out on the No Dunks podcast like uh, after the Heat game?
2: I heard that someone pointed it to me. They were, you know, No Dunks formerly. Like I've been through them with all their iterations, and I actually played some basketball with them a couple a couple years ago. Trey Kirby is a monster. I'll just put it to you like that. <laughs> yeah. And so that was. That was pretty fun. It's been a couple of years. Uh, I, I was on their, their – uh, I got at one of my tweets up on one of their TV shows like like seven years ago. But that was funny because it's just like that picture of Burton's. I used,
5: I felt bad for doing it. Oh, it, it was like, so perfect.
2: He just oh, doesn't man. look like a professional athlete when he's in street clothes. I mean really in a uniform too, but at least he's like standing up.
5: Yeah, I lulled so hard because he looks so skinny. He looks like that nerd you knew in high school, you know, especially since he's a ginger. I feel, I feel bad for him. He looks, he looks
2: like Jack Skellington. <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> like I, I need That's him to break out of the song.
5: Hey, but ultimately, I'm happy for the guy because he looks, he looks hungry out there. He looks like he's ready to play. I, I don't know if he was riding the bench too much on the Wizards or whatnot, but I, I'm okay with it.
2: I mean, his pregame of – or not pregame. His first Mavericks availability was just – I was not expected I was not expecting him to be so laden with disgust at the Clipper or at the the Wizards He's like,
5: it's really funny. He seems to have something to prove which Yo, yeah, I'm I'm pumped about it. And I think it's like uh it reminds me of uh when they, they interviewed Bruce Brown after a Nets game and he was like, "Oh yeah, the the vibe in the locker room is like so great now." And it was like, "Oh, like the only thing that changed was Harden's not there." <laughs> and I kind of feel like it's the same way for the Mavs right now. It's like the vibe on this team it's like kind of kind of like when we we got all these like 10-day contract players and it was like oh there's like some new life in the team it's so great to see new players except this time you know didn't we didn't we need a baton to like a little higher caliber and and then we're not expecting much out of them but anything we get out of them is great so i just think the vibe is just so much better and and then luke is on this crazy tear so yeah i think i think like the guy was saying earlier we're going to surprise some people it's just fun to watch too so much fun
2: I much prefer being the underdog. I much prefer people not knowing what to do with these Mavericks. I love when the Mavericks are doing well and smart basketball people, you know, your Zach Lowe's, your, uh, and what Steve Jones and, and his partner, Nikias, uh, Nikias is, is just, it, when smart people talk about the Mavs, they really like it, but like your national media conversation of more mainstream dudes like the the ESPN television show, your Brian Windhorse of the world. They don't want to talk about the Mavs. They don't want to talk about Luca without sounding like inadvertently xenophobic. Yep. So it's like, I would much prefer this. This will be fun because it's looking like unless things go truly sideways, the Mavericks might match up with the jazz who are just like, the, they're the, they're the Titanic of basketball teams. And I, it'd be really fun for Luca to just detonate on them.
5: Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. And I, and I think right now, like where the Jazz are, like we'd have a good chance. Just as long as we don't face the Clippers in the first round, I'm good.
2: I, and I, think, I think this year we'll avoid them. I feel good about that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me up, Kirk. Sure thing. Talk soon. All right. All right coming up next, uh, someone on the other side of the planet. Good morning, Scott. What's going on?
1: Hey, Kirk. How are you? I'm great. I love technology. We're, we're able to talk. What's going on? Me too. Hey, I got a few points. One, I think Spencer he seems tentative um a bit. I wonder I wonder if he's gonna if he's like trying to straddle the line between like good team player slash like you know, I oh his his aggressiveness is kind of what's got him to the point where he's was a good NBA player at least a couple seasons ago. I'm really glad we got Jared Dudley. That was kind of the one of the things that I've heard that you know he's he's kind of the guy that works with Dinwiddie you know maybe to to help him to have a good attitude and to like think like oh yeah the coaching staff and everything's gonna go go behind you because he, he he seems like a good he's like playing good team ball but it's like sometimes we'll need him to be a little bit more aggressive
2: I think that's the case but I would rather him slide into that role I mean the one of the tweets that stuck with me from the trade was um Gosh, what's his name? He's like he's one—he's the ringer dude now, the guy from Boston that's not Bill Simmons. Um, like uh, he just said, I, I really look forward to to. Kevin uh, no, the older guy, the talk radio guy. What's wrong with me? My brain isn't functioning. Um, Memphis guy. Russillo, thank you, Zaza. Russillo, oh. uh, Ryan Russillo, justin—he watches a ton of basketball and like like he tweeted on the day of the trade. Can't wait for uh for Dinwiddie to wave off Luca. <laughs> just it's like one of those things that stuck with me because Burtons played a lot of or, not Bertons, uh dinner played a lot of bad basketball so i i if if the options are him slide into a role and feel his way out or come in guns a blazing i think i prefer this
1: his his three that went in it looked like it kind of had a hitch to it did anybody else mm-hmm. feel that way i did i did see that his shot is weird the other thing i was going to say is i, I I kind of watched it a little delayed, and uh, man, that that collapse was terrifying. I felt like we were just gonna go into the abyss of like nine days of content of just people feeding off of this loss, and I was like, man, mass Twitter is a better place because they. Oh, for sure. I, I I you know, having watched this team,
2: and you know, back in the early, back in the mid 2000s, even when they were good, like amazing good, they would never have good third quarters, just ever. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the kind of the way they've been kicking the crud out of teams in the third quarter lately, this year, it's happened a lot. It's like it's very it's disconcerting in a way that I, I have a hard time explaining because it's like, Well, shouldn't you feel good that this team is playing good right now? And it's like I don't know. It's just like maybe I'm so trained from years of weird things happening in the third that I don't know how to how to cope
1: with success. Yeah. It, the two things that I see that are kind of related to in the in the game flow. One is that the Mavericks, you know, don't have any bigs really that are uh, as big as like Valanciunas or any of those other guys. I mean, that play. And I, th- I feel like that's great for our flow. You know, I feel like the game moves a lot better and I feel like low turnovers are going to kind of be a hallmark of the team now because they just kind of like collapse the defense, pick and roll and then hit hit open people, hit cutters. And then the uh, but the but the downside of that is that we're gonna give up a lot of offensive rebounds when there is a big like Adams or Valanciunas or even Pertle. hmm
2: mm. The
1: rebounding stuff is probably
2: the main team stat to focus on in the coming weeks because Dwight Powell starting center, you played you play a game like this tonight. Dude had five rebounds in 24 minutes and just got bodied. It was like watching an older brother bully a little brother. It was not it was not very common.
1: And uh, I'll close on one thing. I put up a poll today that like incited like a warfare in my mentions. It was a, uh, would you rather like in a really strong way overpay Brunson or lose him for nothing? If those are the only two options, I even put it up like 27 million a year. And I know <laughs> some people were like, absolutely not. I'd let him go. And some people were like, you got to pay him. Can't lose him. But I just thought it was a good idea to think through like, man, it could go somewhere we don't like, but I think in the end, we're just going to have to do whatever it is to retain them so we don't lose the asset for nothing. But I know we don't want to look too far ahead. I'm just happy that we got the so win. It's, it's
2: an interesting thing because, because you know, the the previous guy brought up how how Cuban made a comment after the game. I need to go find that. That's that's interesting to me. Um, I would – the thing that I I, I think and, and please tell me if I'm wrong on this, I think the with where the Mavericks overarching salary cap is heading into next year, even with the two new guys, is it I think it's best that we not concern ourselves with the owner's money because they're going to oh, be over the cap and they have 100%. to sort of figure this out. They have to figure it out
1: from a very different point of view from where they've been the previous several years. Yeah, we're gonna be a cap I mean, we're gonna be in the luxury tax pretty much no matter what next year. Um and uh I just don't see how we could let him go, even if it is an overpay. You know, maybe we can make it descending so it's better in the last years or something. But just seems like it, I don't care about Cuban's money um, so much. And if he, I know we're not going to be a super contender next year, but it's like we can't we can't do do that where we lose lose Sir. out.
2: Well, I mean, I think that's what happens where people like, like, and it's sort of a, a you know, this is the battle and why you have decided to sort of take up writing on this stuff to talk with people because I think folks misunderstand the map, even if the Mavericks don't do anything, they're still going to be over the cap. Like, oh, they don't really, they spent a lot of money. <laughs> like, Luca, all of a sudden next year, Luca makes how much? What is it? Like, 40, 41 million? Like, it's something wild next year.
1: No, it's, I think, 36.7 or something like that. It's whatever. 30, 30% oh, yeah. of... Yeah, and then it
2: has the percentage increases. That's what it is. That's what I'm thinking yes. about. Okay,
1: but it's a ton of money relative to what he's making now, so... It, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it'll be the 8% increases. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, Appreciate it. Hope everybody has a great uh, next eight days having that euphoria, like, hangover from a from a, from a a strong win with Luka. Almost getting 50. Oh, my goodness. He should have made one of those dank free throws. I mean,
2: Luka missing free throws is just... it's It's like you know, the, the sun setting, like it's just going to happen. I've just kind of come to accept it. Thanks for hanging out. Both, I Scott. Like was, I feel like if it was a tight game, he would have made one or do. <laughs> I agree. It was fading on the first one. He was like fading back. Like what are you doing? He,
1: sometimes he just loses focus in the funniest of ways. Have a good day. Scott. Like you and my son, when we're playing knockout, I, you know, I, I got to like do something funny to try to get him. <laughs> <laughs> I know what
4: you mean. Have a good one. Bye man. All right. Garrett, welcome back, Garrett.
2: What's going on? Give Garrett a second to come back out from the chat and hit the unmute button. All right, Garrett, we'll let you try again here in a little bit. Uh, Chris, what's going on, friend? Hey, Kirk, how's it going tonight? I'm all right. I got to write two articles after this is over, though, so that sucks.
6: Oh, that don't sound like fun. But this month's been great, right? Because we've been having Mavs parties instead of Math group therapy. I mean, losing only two times this whole entire month. This is this is nice. And uh, I you know. I don't understand. Like
2: I love the like I love venting when we lose. But <laughs> this whole thing with this team winning has such a positive outcome for like me and our site and stuff, where it's like, oh, when they're winning, we get all this like stray traffic and people coming through and listening to podcasts. I mean, it's February seventeenth, right? Yeah. Just for for fun's sake, I our 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 Mavs Moneyball ball podcast feed has more downloads in the first seventeen days of the month than all but maybe three months in the past three years. Wow. People are just going berserk wanting to consume Mavs stuff because they're fun. That they're fun right now. Now, why they're fun, I don't entirely understand. Because sometimes the game is like watching paint dry. But
6: Luca's averaging forty-two points a game right now. Mm-hmm. And um. Just with tonight, I mean, we're up 24 points going into the fourth quarter. I think all of us were like, with six minutes left, and then we were down, we were up uh, 11, and then three minutes left, we're up five. It's like, don't do this to us. Don't, don't go into the all-star break like this. Like, that'd be like the most, that'd be like the 2020 math way, you know? Well, they have to figure out this this crutch time offense. This is a,
2: this is a real problem, and it is not. It is they have given us no reason to feel better about it. They I think off the top of my head, I don't even
6: remember who we played last year right before the, the All-Star break, but I think we had a bad loss going into the All-Star break, and just stewing on that for seven, eight days, I just, I'm just, i really glad they pulled the win out tonight because that probably would have been one of the worst losses we've ever had. I know two years ago, I think we were up 35 and Toronto beat us. Van Vliet was just going nuclear on us. But this is like going up 24 into the, into the fourth quarter, that probably would have been the worst wa- loss ever. I mean,
2: oh, there's so many options for that, Chris. Like, come on now. Yeah. You've been a fan of this team. You've been a fan of this team for yeah, a real I've long time. Yeah, I've seen some epic collapses. Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember when it was. It's got to be like December 2001.
4: They the Lakers, were up like
2: 30-something points against the Lakers on the road uh. and then lost. And I still remember like – gripping the back of this chair my mom was sitting in and trying not to curse <laughs> so it's like there's there's way shittier losses like this just would have been like all right you guys fucking kidding me you
6: know yeah it's like is go home go to cancun come back you know refresh but it's looking good jazz lost last night i mean we're back on the jazz till the game they have behind and we play them the next time we maps come back and play um mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't even know how important really home court advantage is really at the end of the day because Luca likes the, you know, the being on national TV in the playoffs. I mean, he was doing that last year. We won pretty much all our, our home, our, our away games against the Clippers. So I don't know, but I think it'd be a good gauge where the team is at because I really feel like we are going to play the Jazz. So and the last time they played the Jazz was on Christmas and Luca wasn't playing because of COVID or something. And we all know No, but they played four. pretty
2: well that game. Like, yeah. it was obvious they were getting beat. But I mean, this, it's not even going to be comparable because KP did play in that game and they just didn't win. It was a more of a thing. They're out talented, but I'm looking forward to this sort of weirdly small ball lineup that they can play. I've referenced this game last year, but there was a, a game last year against the Jazz where Dorian came out hot, and they basically put Gobert on Dorian, mm-hmm. and they they ran the Jazz off the floor. And it's a very much like a, a Styles make fights kind of kind of matchup. I'm
6: really I'm, I'm looking, looking forward. To I'm that looking game. forward to this, and t- tonight with Bertans, I mean, he had a rough night. It's just going to happen. He's you know sure. in than what he. I think it was Tim Hardaway Jr. on the bench because he must be sprinkling uh, some voodoo curse dust on uh, Berton's head like on Beetlejuice. Nah, you know, man, cause.
2: like him and Berton's are the most willing shooters in history. It's it's hysterical, and there's just yeah, going to yeah. be these games where he goes
6: yeah, Sometimes you do want players to just, like, not hesitate, and just, just if you're a great three-point shooter, just do it. Like, just yeah. just take the shot. So, But have you noticed, I, and like I said, the night that Tim Hardaway Jr. got injured, and, I you know, it sucks that the player got injured, but I felt like in a silver lining that we were going to be better as a team, like, shooting, and that's happened, like – Dorian Finney-Smith's been hitting his threes. Jalen Brunson's been hitting his threes. Even Luca, and you know Reggie Bullock was hitting his threes. And I don't know how long he's going to be out. Reggie Bullock is it not a major injury that he's dealing with, or. I mean, so do you remember
2: when? Um, and this will shock you. Uh, when uh, which Clipper? The one we don't like. One of the twins. Oh, Morris. Stepping Morris on the upen- Morris oh. upended him on a pump fake. Do you remember that play? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where he hurt his hip. So I don't necessarily think he's much hurt as it is a contusion. And they're, if they don't think they need him
6: to win, then they're going to Oh, yeah, probably going to let him chill. You know, it's an all-star break now. And the uh, last thing I was going to ask, I mean, I don't know if you would know or not, but just the whole bobon and Marquis Chris, I mean, not giving them like what I call it, rhythm minutes, like keeping them somewhat, you know, in game shape. I know they practice and this and that, I, I assume, but it's – I don't know. We might need them in the playoffs, you know, especially not having KP now. We might need some – you know, a good backup center besides uh, Dwight Powell. I mean,
2: well, the buyout market on Biggs is weird. Uh, like Tristan Thompson, if you you all everyone needs to go look at this. He posted like an appreciation page for Indiana. Like he was with Indiana for three days. Like there's no reason <laughs> for him. To, he wrote like this long paragraph, and the only pictures are of him on the runway. It's hysterical. Um, but the buyout market for Biggs is surprisingly uh dry. I I. I Biggs is well, just, you know, that's why Marquis Chris somehow really matters.
6: Well, what, what I was getting at was like, do you think Bond and Chris should be out there getting some minutes? Oh, no, just, no. Oh, no. Okay. I think okay. Chris should, but Chris's knee is not in, like they're letting him rest too. This is more like emergency minutes, like if Dwight Powell's in foul trouble, or, you know, and Max cleaver we got to give him a shout out too, because he's been stepping his game up. So. I'm
2: more, yeah, he's been yeah. great. He's been great to the point to where I'm glad it's all-star break so that man can go take a nap.
6: Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, this is just, everything's going good right now. Let's just keep a good vibe going with all-star break, and then hopefully we can see how we are against the Jazz uh, next week. That's right. Thanks, Chris. Talk soon. Yes, you
2: too. Uh, Zaza in the chat notes that Drew Eubanks
6: would be good for the Mavericks, and
2: I think he would, but he is also a cocky, or he's, he's, he's white as snow, and I don't know if we can have any more goofy white dudes. We have a lot of them, um, including me. All right, Jared, what's up? Welcome to the show.
7: Hey, how you doing? Tonight? I
2: am feeling pretty good.
7: Um. So, do you have any theories on to what pissed Luca off tonight? Because I, I have a theory, but I just wanted to ask you what. Well, you my
2: thought. working theory is that Dalton Trigg said something fucking stupid to him, and he was like, "Fuck this Dalton guy." Just kidding. Um. It seems there was actually a fan at half court talking shit to him like crazy. So yes, like. Can we pay? Could we? Well, we need to start like a Kickstarter or whatever. You, like, have someone scream shit at Luca from very close, and like maybe that will be.
7: Yeah, I, I saw that, and I saw a couple mentions that uh, Luca might have called a fan uh, a word that starts with a P. And yeah, there's
2: Porzingis. 100%. He called him a Porzingis.
7: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but my theory is because I feel like it happened before. I have I feel like he was kind of pissed at the beginning, and I think it's because they put um, Herb Jones on him, and he knows he's kind of got a reputation for a good defender, and I think he kind of wanted to prove that. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe you're good on average players, but not me.
2: Well, that's been like my favorite part of this asshole Luca rendition is, and you know, I love I love John John Morant. I think he's a magnificent basketball player. He is not in Lucas. He's not in Lucas orbit. And Luca has just been bully balling him, like not Joss specifically, but everyone since that dumb shit argument where uh, someone on ESPN, it might have been Stephen A. Smith, was, I would take John ja Morant before Luca, and it's like, our, like what planet are we on? Like he's a five, he's a six foot two guard who is is weighs like 180 pounds. Like Luca is Rob Gronkowski who plays basketball.
7: Yeah, I, I don't I don't pay much attention to them clowns. I, I feel like a lot of times they don't really even watch. The they game do not. Really. And the only other thing I want to say is I'm not sure what's going on with Maxie, but the dude is driving to the basket. He's going up high for alley-oops on top of hitting these threes. I don't know what kid or whoever's done to make him, like, kind of expand his offensive game. But My theory is he
2: has a new girlfriend. He's playing like a dude who's in love.
7: Yeah. Yeah, agreed hundred percent. But if he can if he can open up his offensive game and just add a little bit of something, that would be
2: awesome. it's a confidence thing with him. When he's not confident, he looks like a baseball pitcher with the yips, and then but then he goes out the other night and puts up nineteen points and five blocks, and he like like I, I made a comparison where he's like he's like Ricky Vaughn and Wild or in uh major league, where he's just out there throwing heat, and it's incredible. Like I love Maxi.
7: Yeah, and d- didn't he have twenty tonight? Did he have twenty tonight?
2: You know what? I don't know if he did. He I, he definitely hit a ton of shots early, so I think you might be right because he was six of seven at one point from the floor. Let's go look at the box score. I should have had this thing pulled up. I'm a professional podcaster. Yes, he does. He had, t- he had twenty points and was the.
7: Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of wild. And then while you got that box score pulled up, what was um. Was Spencer a plus nine, if I remember? Yes, so he right
2: was. Now? I don't, like, the plus the plus minus doesn't make a lot of sense when looking at this because, like, Josh Green's a negative five, Dwight Powell's a negative 11, Brunson's a negative nine, yet we all saw the Mavericks give up a 24-point lead. So, so something weird. Yeah,
7: yeah, true. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is on um, Brunson, uh, I love the guy, but I feel like in, like, late fourth quarters, he, Kind of disappears, and if he could kind of get it going late in the fourth and kind of carry. Well,
2: that. the Mavericks have to stop letting Luca just orchestrate. Like he's really good, but they need to initiate more stuff through Brunson, where Luca's running around. But it's so obvious when they want to get Luca the ball that defense is just—it's—it's it's like you know shifting to the strong side on a, on and football, like overloading the run. Like they know it's coming, so the Mavericks needed to go to something else.
7: Yeah. Agree. I'll uh, I'll hop down and let somebody else come up. But uh, you guys have a good night.
2: Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. Okay,
8: Brett. Oh, don't have too much. Uh, As I said in the chat, glad Max only played twenty five minutes. I felt like he played more, but uh, glad he didn't. You know, play too much again. Um, I at first was pretty frustrated about the fourth quarter. Um, then, kind of talk myself you know off the ledge about it, considering you know it's the game before the all star break um they were up like twenty five points, the whole team probably at that point checked out, like obviously that's not good, but that's not um like you know there's some conflict that, it. yeah, yeah like
2: that I mean they like
8: want. yeah, I mean i mean, and that's the kind of thing that like you know I'm sure you know you know kid talked to them you know after the game about you know you can't like let your you know, you, you can't let your energy drop in that kind of game. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was I've been really impressed by Maxi the last couple games. Um and like the to me the the like the scoring is like a bonus. Like obviously like that's why he's like, you know, playable for long stretches is that he can shoot as well. But um but I think while earlier in the season, like I was you know a lot of the, you know, players who aren't Luca and Brunson, you know, dribbling was cringeworthy, but I do think that that has helped kind of in the long run. Uh that that like someone like Maxi feels a little bit more comfortable going off the dribble. Like he cleanly beat um Valentinus off the dribble. Um and, and that's something that he has the ability to do, I think, against like those kind of centers. Those, like the really groundbound um yeah. like non mobile bigs. Yeah. No, uh, I agree. Yeah, uh, Dinwiddie was, I think, pretty effective. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, like, he, he seems like he has fit in pretty well so far. Um, like, like in the flow of the offense, like, he hasn't, like, you know, dribbled the hell out of the ball, which is what I was a little bit worried about. Um, he's, he's pretty, you know, pretty willing to, like, give the ball up. Uh, he had like one really bad shot that he took, like like he dribbled in, like dribbled into a three for some reason, and that's like not what he needs to not be doing. Um, speaking of dribbling into threes, uh, Brunson did over Valanciunas, and that was like very good. That's something that like I feel like we haven't seen that much of from him. Uh, when he like pulled up for a three against a big, rather than pulling up for like a you know 16 footer against a big, um. And the fact that he he hit that hopefully gives him confidence in those kind of situations where um if he's con- if he's confident, you know, in on those mismatches, taking threes, that's much better than him taking long twos. Even for though he's sure. obviously very he's obviously very efficient, like relative to how most players shoot in those, but he's you know, you know, he's not Durant or Kawhi where you know you want him taking that. Yeah. So that's a good shot for your offense.
2: Last year was a little like Bobby Corral. I asked him about this. He thinks spacing is part of it, but last year looking like an outside, like an outlier year for me.
8: Oh yeah. Um. Oh, also, um, Herb Jones, obviously a very good defender, but he gets the Matisse Steibel whistle. Um. Like. I, I don't understand how like a rookie gets the whistle he does as a defensive player like playing like a, an elite offensive player like mm. like Luka like it was very frustrating at times and obviously like Luka was pretty frustrated at times as well.
2: I think that's uh, I think that's something because I think that's where Luka's reputation as a liner kind of comes into play whether he wants it to or not but yeah there was some silliness
8: there I mean like yeah there was for the for the first three quarters there was a lot of uh. There's a lot of times where Luca would get basically like hacked, like the like he would like it's like the Jordan rules when like with the Clippers would play against him, where he'd get like you know bumped the whole way down the floor, pass the ball, and then like Brunson would get like lightly tapped and they'd call a foul. And I was just like, I mean like I'm glad they called a foul, but like if you're Luca, you have to be like come on, like what like what more is he supposed to do? Um, when, when he's getting like when guys are like going over screens and like raking his raking his arm, and then the like, that just doesn't get called. Obviously like he just needs to work through that. Um, and I think he's been, I think less, like less whiny. I don't know. Like, like less, like letting it, letting it affect him lately. I think. I think Uh, that's true because he's,
2: he's, he's got too much to go do.
8: Yeah. I mean like, like he, like he, he, he's not like, you know, getting behind the play as much, like letting, like, you know, letting the ball go the other way. Um, and then have like a four on five. Um, and he's not like. Yeah, I mean, and he's not like getting in his own head um about it uh though i'd have no idea what happened to him in like the fourth quarter like obviously like, like like you remember like like i don't know it was like 2019 2020 right when they were like really bad in late game offense yes when it looked when it looked like this it looked like basically exactly like this because it was basically the same players but um but yeah i mean like i there's just a couple like i get if you know if you want to you know, you want to, like, have a possession where Luca, you know, dribbles the ball for 24 seconds, takes the three. Happen. You can do that, like, once. They did it for it, six minutes. It can happen, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can happen, like, like if that's, like, every, you know, fourth or fifth possession when you're, like, up big, that's fine. It can't be, like, you do that, like, three times in a row. And, like, it's one thing if he was hot at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. he'd already missed a couple shots in the paint. Kid iced him. Yeah. Look, kid, I mean it, granted they're it, up twenty four. So it's what, like it's hard it, to be mad. It, it it was it was also like weird that they like I get I know why like I get why it happened, but that like they the kid like messed with his substitution pattern. Like he wanted to let leave him in there to try to go for fifty and like win the game was out of hand. And then he, and then like obviously he that was not gonna happen. So then he pulled yep, him yep. And then he put him back in like three minutes later because they like went on like a like a fifty nothing run. Um but yeah, that was just that was like a, like like that like him being in there like trying to get a couple, up, up a couple more shots. He clearly like you know was done with the game at that point, uh, and then and then having to like come back in and be like like save us again. Like that's you know probably mentally like mentally challenging.
2: I agree. Well, at least they won, right? Yep. All right.
4: Well, Talk soon, buddy. Well, thanks.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, Trenton. It's a very cute baby as a profile photo. Mavs baby. He he he's winning. What's going
9: on? Oh, you know, just uh just hopping hopping on here. Long time long time listener, second time caller Outstanding.
2: Uh,
9: back when Carlisle got a uh, got a uh, cut himself from the organization, I guess I'll say. <laughs> stepped down as as head coach before but uh, two, two things that uh, – one of them I thought about after the last game, and I'll be honest, I didn't watch the second half of this one. But uh, in the first half, Luca made me cackle probably three or four times in that first quarter. Just amazing plays, the backs over Jackson Hayes and, and uh, oh, Tony Snell as well. Just insane. We are very, very lucky to get to watch him every uh, every game. But uh, the other thought that I had the other day that's really random, but do we have two of the better offensive rebounding rings in the league? Uh, it seemed like Josh Grain was pulling down offensive rebounds all over the place, which is super random and not at all something that I would think of. And then Dorian Finney-Smith as well with his – uh, crashing from the from the corner that he will do every now and then, it, just for players that you think you don't think would be able to do that. I uh, I, I don't know. It just seems like they they have a, maybe have a little bit of a knack for that. And
2: they absolutely really do. Haralab Bob Vulgaris, former Mabs, something or other, Shadow GM, Shadow Broker, whatever the hell we want to call him, essentially thinks that that Dorian is is elite at offensive rebounding, and then it gives him a sort of market advantage compared to a lot of his peers because the Mavericks just let him go crash. Offensive rebounding is a really odd thing in the NBA because some teams just seed it. They, they don't do it. But the Mavericks are so kind of oddly designed from a roster standpoint that getting these offensive rebounds can really help them win games because they're not a great rebounding team.
9: Yeah. Yeah, no, those those extra possessions uh, have been have been huge. So uh, it, it was just a random thought that I had when I when I saw Just Green do that a couple times last game. But um, anyway, that's that's all I had. Thanks.
2: Sure thing. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next, let's go with Jacob. You've been waiting. Thank you.
10: Hey, hey, what's up, Kirk? Just enjoying the night. What do you got going on? Oh, uh, just digesting, enjoying this win. I'm not going to complain too much about the finish, especially after we lost to the Magic and the Thunder (laughs) back-to-back. So, I mean. Yeah, I I didn't enjoy uh, the last, you know, half quarter of the game, but I did very much enjoy the first three and a half quarters, especially uh, with Luka going supernova in the first three quarters. How about a 45-11-8 stat line after three quarters, I think it was. And that kind of. Overshadowed Dorian and Maxi's fantastic game that they played. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think. Go ahead.
2: No, that that's a that's a good point because it's like this this Lucas stuff is is he's he's so bright and I think I, I think my side me everybody should make a r- like a real effort to talk about some of these other things because Luca's just gonna have to go nuts and so we need to in order for them to win and and we need to talk about the other dudes more
10: for sure yeah i think Doreen was 4 of 5 from 3 something like that 80% i mean i'll take that all game every, every game and yeah. Maxi dropped a clean 20 points uh, I, it's probably his best two game stretch of his career i realize that's a small thing feels like it, man
2: but you know I, I don't know what to do about it like either either social media bullying works or something <laughs> good has happened to him where he's just like oh i can do the I, i'm good at basketball oh that's right
10: He hears us, uh, talking shit about him in the subreddit. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, I certainly uh, find
2: out when people talk shit about me there. So it doesn't, it's, it's, I, it it would
10: make sense. I like this. (laughs) Hey, we say that it's about Trey Burke too. (laughs) Uh, A couple other, couple other thoughts on, uh, Of course I would like for him to not, you know, shoot from the perimeter as much, but, uh, his a lot of his value uh, so far is I mean has been in his playmaking. Uh, I, I love what I've seen so far from him when he's run the pick and roll with both Maxi and Powell.
2: I really like like I talked about this before, but I'm you know I, I like repeating myself. His plus wingspan, his arms are so damn long.
10: Yeah, he's jumped don't... in the passing lanes a couple times tonight.
2: But it's really evident to me on offense because he's got like like he's an upright guy. He's six five but he also has like kind of a low dribble. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that right, but it just, it looks like he's like deceptive because of that, that length with his arms. Like it's really something to, to behold and I'm curious to see in what ways they can unlock his ball handling. Cause that's going to be, that's going to be.
10: Yeah. Uh, another thing about Dinwiddie is uh, I, I don't want to see his minutes overlap with Luca and Brunson's that much. Cause that three ball handler lineup, I don't know, it just seems awkward. Uh, kind of, kind of ruins the flow of the game. I feel like, especially the other night against the Heat. Interesting. I just, I, I like, I know it's cliche to say, almost kind of, but I feel like there's just not a enough ball to go around with them
2: sure i mean if the ball popped a little more like they're they're like both brunson and luca have a tendency to pound the shit out of it and and frankly so does so does dinwiddie he just hasn't done it yet um uh, i don't know there was that period of time when luca was out before they you know at the at the kind of the end of 2021 where they were really running some interesting offense granted they're losing but they're running some some good offense and it's I don't know. Like, I would like to see a, just a, a tad more ball, like a tad more ball movement. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like, they're up by 24. So it's like, it, this feels like nitpicking at one point. I would like to see them do it whenever, you know, whenever they're, they should stop trying to hold on and win and just go score another 20 points. And put-
10: right. Uh, I wanted to get to Bertans as well. I mean, I know he, didn't, he sucked pretty hard at shooting the ball tonight. But I think there's something to be said about how well he moves off the ball, about how uh, what that does for our spacing. Because uh, people are, I mean, still respecting his ability to shoot three for sure. And there was one possession that stuck out in the first quarter. I think it ended in a maxi three uh, on the, I want to say it was the left side, left side of the hoop. And Bertans was just uh, had his guy scrambling in it. Almost kind of like it was a natural pick to for a Berton, for i I'm sorry, Maxi's guy, and it led to a wide open shot for Maxi and he canned it. So uh,
2: go ahead. that was fun. I
10: know which player you're talking. Yeah. So big picture though, uh, I'm gonna call it right now. I'm gonna say that we host the Jazz in the first round.
2: Host. I love
10: it. Good call. Boy. Yeah. Uh, we we got. I, I watched that game last night versus the Lakers, and it just seems like they were. They, they really, should. I mean, it felt like they choked that game pretty hard. They choked some dick last night, man. I don't know how they blew that game. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, LeBron was pretty good. He was also showing out for future Lakers center Aaron Donald, so.
10: Right, yeah. Buddy, that was even with uh, without Anthony Davis, which, I mean, I know how injury prone he's been, but and how much they've, the Lakers have had to play without him, but I don't know. I, I feel like if it came down to it, I would want to play the jazz anyway. Cause to me, it boils down to, would I rather play Rudy Gobert or Nicole Jokic?
2: No, Yeah. No question. No so. question. Even though the Mavericks have beaten them three times, but no, thank you.
10: Right. Right. Well, that's all I got. Thanks for having me on. All
11: right. Talk soon.
2: All right. Coming up next, uh, friend of the program, Rashad Phillips. Just kidding. Hi, Tyler.
11: Hey Kirk. How's it hey. going? Glad I'm able to join these. Usually I see it pop up my timeline and, I'm not able to so what do you got for us tonight? I was gonna say from a high level overview standpoint, obviously Luca's played very well since KP is traded. Uh are you fearful like I am that by the playoffs uh Luca might run out of gas in the first round, hardens. Yes. Yes, but it's also
2: funny how much he seems to be leaning into the fact that like it's him getting in better shape is better for the team. Like he told McMahon, like it's like more cardio
9: for me. <laughs> I, yeah.
11: just, I, don't know. I mean, they basically have structured their team to be uh, what Slovenia was in the Olympics, where it's a one-man show and everybody else is forced to play their role and forced to fill in wherever they can and just contribute. That's why you see performances like maxi the last few nights and uh dwight Powell's rim running and uh, even dinwiddie filling in as a passer since the trade
2: is 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 maxi gosh what's the guy the guy who played at uva um the guy we all wanted the mavericks to sign just because he looks so good do you know what i'm talking about i can't remember the guy's name oh, the center. i know he went to virginia toby. Thinking, yeah, yeah there yeah, we toby. go there we go
11: yeah
2: maxi's toby i like this this is a fun theory but i mean they do look like they're having fun i mean I talked to another Mavs media member um, who mentioned to me, he was just like covering this team. Now there's just, there's just like a bit of a weight lifted because like, there's no longer this wondering going on, like KP stuff aside with his personality and whatnot, but like, there's no longer a constant push pull of, well, how do we fit? How do we do whatever? And I wonder, like, I agree with you about the running out of gas. Like that's just a given 25 games is a ton of games. But I, I wonder how much the lack of KP and sort of the freeness that everybody feels can counterbalance exhaustion. I'm curious about that.
11: Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, from a, a game management standpoint and a coaching and being on the court, I mean, think how many possessions and uh, trips down the court they had to dedicate to, oh, we got to get KP the ball because if he doesn't get the ball, he's not going to be engaged on the other end. Or they call timeout to say, okay, let's run a set play for KP. That way he's going to play well on, you know, defense and things like that. That element is totally gone because I think you look at the roster, I would say there's 11, 12 guys that are going to give 100% effort on both ends every night. They may not look good, like Bertans. Like, he's horrendous on defense, but he's at least trying. Nobody can take that away from him.
2: Sure. I mean, the the or, uh, the or the Heat game – is that's why I think we like I just you know we we blabbered in here for like 95 minutes because everybody was so excited because Luca ostensibly like box score wise played a bleh game you know he's you know six to twenty-one, something like that. Like really not good shooting. But the rest, like everything came together for the team in a way where is moving the ball out of doubles and guys just connecting shots, it it felt really good. It was fun to watch. And so like there's just there's an element, and, and it goes back to I'm not sure how long you've been in the room. One of the earlier guys talked about how like this team's not being talked about, and that's fun, and it we hope it continues. And I think like you add all these things together, and the Mavericks have like a really fun kind of underdog story they can tell themselves, and then go beat the hell out of a team that that might not be ready to take a punch
11: in the Jazz. Yeah, and Jason Kidd's the perfect coach for it because you know he was on the 2011 team where everybody calling the one-and-done boys. Nobody thought they would beat Portland. Jason Kidd is going to be really excited when every national media member is in love with John Morant and says, oh, Grizzlies in five, Grizzlies in six, and Jason is going to say, hey, nobody thinks we can win, so let's just uh, go win the series like nobody thought we would You know, back in 2011 when I was on the Mavs. Love that one, and I,
2: I secretly would like to play the Grizzlies. I see some people in the chat said that they don't want to, and I mean, the Mavs have beat the shit out of the Grizzlies. I hope we understand that. It's like, oh, well, they didn't have certain players, and KP's gone now. And the Grizzlies fans think KP was a big reason why the Mavericks won, and uh, I don't know what games anybody was watching. Like, <laughs> those yeah. games were Luka being basketball.
11: And I think in the playoffs, you know, Jaron Jackson, for his career, he averages around four fouls per game. I want to think that the Mavs' strategy would just to be to get him off the court because Steven Adams isn't going to – you know, give you good playoff basketball anymore. I mean, he's a regular season center. Yeah, so Luka
2: you, you would put him in,
11: and, uh, you Luka know,
2: would put both of them in prison. <laughs> be
12: me-
11: yeah, I mean, I mean who, who would be their big? Tillman? Would they go to, to Clark? Would they play super small and put like Desmond Bain at center? Just do something crazy? I don't know, but it, it's fun to talk about. But uh, like I said at the beginning, I am kind of worried that we're going to see Luca run out of gas, but I would rather it is in the semi-finals or conference finals in the first round. Sure.
2: Me too. Cause I don't, the discourse would not be fun if the Mavs lose
11: in the first round. Not looking forward to that. Oh no. Rashad Phillips, his timeline would be horrible. They'd say oh. talk soon. Oh. oh man. Talk soon. Just,
2: just a great choice. I'll never, ever miss a moment to talk about the fact that his avatar is Yoda, the worst fucking Jedi in history.
11: Oh, well. you got anything else, buddy? Uh, nothing else, but I'm pretty sure that you're glad and I'm glad that we can take some time away from the Mavericks for a few days and relax. You don't have to do these green rooms at night, so enjoy the I'm going to go
2: watch, so I'm actually going to go watch some high school basketball because there's some great high school basketball playoffs going on right now. And so I'm going to watch some high school basketball and then be thrilled to watch NBA basketball when it comes back.
4: (laughs) All right, well, you have a good night, buddy. Thanks for joining. All right, Christian.
2: Christian's got to pull himself out of the chat. He's he's engaged in a conversation. We'll see if, or he fell asleep because it's East Coast. Um. All right, let's go with uh, my man Sam. Sam, you've been waiting forever. I'm
4: oh, it's all good. And how you doing tonight? Speak a
2: little louder. There we go.
4: Oh, sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Okay, so I got three points, and I will make them really quick. So, first of all, with the Brunson contract, um, at this point, you know, in the offseason, just might as well go ahead and get him signed because I feel like, in my opinion, I don't know what he's going to get. I guess, you know, if he gets four, you know, 20, 25 mil a year, you lock him up, teams want him. So, if we had to trade him, we could trade him. So, like, just get him locked up. We'll go over the luxury tax, and, you know, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. But he's obviously a big part of the team. And then a second point, as far as Jalen Brunson is concerned in the fourth quarter with his offense, I've noticed it a little bit this year. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention enough. Whenever Luka comes out the game in the fourth, I feel like they run decent offense with Jalen Brunson on the floor. They're just not hitting shots. Yes. Because they get to the paint. You know, he could throw lives, He can hit the mid-range. He can find open shooters. They're just not hitting yeah, shots. Yeah, they don't have enough shooters so,
2: when Brunson's running the offense, in my opinion.
4: And, then, yeah, and then the second part is whenever Luka does get back in the game, I think somebody said it earlier, um, is Luka. Like, Luka doesn't play off the ball, which he was doing a little bit better this year, but he still hasn't, like, fully, I don't, I don't think, committed to it. So, if he plays off the ball a little bit more. It's not as predictable as, oh – Luka's gonna have the ball, so we're gonna run pick and roll. And Luka has the ball; he might hit a step back, or he's gonna take it to the paint and kick it to an open shooter. Like if you let Jalen run it, you know who knows what could happen. In my opinion, but I, I mean, Luka's a good catch and shoot three point guy.
2: I don't know how you engage him more, other than experience time. Um, I was at that, you know, the the our, our our man Akiva, who's not in here tonight, took me to that Oklahoma City game, and like there's like a late cut from Luca. They just gotta be able to show him film to where it's like, hey, if you do stuff, you help. I I don't know how you get through them on that sort of point, but they will one day, I hope.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think Luca is, you know, he's still young. I think we forget that he's only what 21, 22. So you know, just over time, that will develop. And then um, last point, just about the whole playoff thing. Like, obviously, unless something crazy happens, we're either four or five or six. Um, I'd have no problem playing Memphis, personally. Uh, Utah, right now, the weather they're playing and just all of the func- dysfunction that they have, I don't mind playing them either. I just don't want a scenario where somehow we play the Nuggets. Because if we sure. got the Nuggets in the first round with Jokic, and who knows if Jamal Murray is going to be back by then. I don't know if uh, Michael Porter Jr. is out for the season, but if he comes back... I wouldn't want to play against that. So just, I guess we just gotta keep winning. You know, Utah, Memphis, whoever we get, goal is just to get the first round. So as long, first as round, right. I'll worry about everything else later on. But uh, yeah, that's it. You have a good night.
2: You too, buddy. All right, let's give my man Christian another try here. He was uh, having uh, app difficulties, which happens.
13: Yeah, I've never I was in the chat and it's like you've been applauded for a speaker, you've received a gem. I couldn't press oh, the back. Oh,
2: yeah, cuz there's the that thing. thing up there in the top left. Yeah. This is what happens whenever I start the room and I uh I go to Twitter to post the room and then like 35 of you request to speak and I can't actually post the room. But so, you know, this is technology for us. <laughs>
13: yeah. Uh but appreciate you bringing me up. I I just wanted uh to mention really quick, the three guard lineup that was mentioned earlier, I actually want to at least give it like 10 games of really trying and trying to get it to work. Uh, Because I think a, it could be a really fun and productive lineup. If we tinker around like who the actual five would be outside of the three guards, but um, I think it has some potential. I, I liked, uh, seeing kind of Spencer's drive in that bounce pass that he was getting to, uh, Powell when Powell was cutting down the middle. Um, but I think it, it, it has potential. And I want to actually, you know, hopefully it gets productive here, here shortly because it has looked pretty bad. Um, but with kind of Luca, Maybe posting up Spencer at the top of the key, and then uh, Brunson spotting up because he's been knocking down those spot up threes at a at a pretty good clip. Yes, he has. And yeah, I think that that could be. And the lineup I actually really want to see when we're healthy would be uh, Brunson, Dipwitty, Luca, Reggie, and Doe. And, and I was Doe with the five. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think that can actually like? And I'm talking about in a playoff setting. Do you yes. think that that could still us uh, some time? So I some- do,
2: and and as long as they don't use Dorian as the screener, if they like plant him in the corner, I want to see as much small pick and roll as we can. Um, Luca needs to use the screens better. Guards need to set screens better, and they need to do less dancing once because it's like one of the things I hate about Luca. Yeah, hates a the strong word. One of the things that drives me a little crazy about Luca is when he gets the matchup and then he dances. Luca coming hard off a screen is terrifying. You can't do anything about it. You can't switch. You're fouling. You're hitting him. But a lot of times he gets the matchup that he wants because he's going um, side to side.
13: And I want to see him go downhill more. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, he... he and even getting defenders on his hip, he hasn't even been doing that as much. No, because they don't call of... that
2: foul anymore. So it, all it really does is serve to have him get punched in the kidney. <laughs> yeah,
13: that's true. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, and this is why I like the KP trade, like basically as soon as it happened, just because like we had to play him in the playoffs because of the optics and salary where now we're free to just do whatever the hell we want. If it's maxi at the five, if it's small ball, like we just have a versatility that wasn't there before. And, um, you know, also the other thing is, and why I wanted to see that, that starting five uh, you know, the three guards and then um, Reggie and Dorian is we're going to get killed in the paint anyways. Like, I mean, just even tonight, like Jackson Hayes and Jonas were just like, and it's going to be every team. So why not, you know, just go and do what the Clippers basically have done of stacking up these wings and, uh, you know, making it fun, entertaining, going small. And Dorian is probably our best rebounder, definitely offensive rebounder, but – you know, I, I think we can present some different challenges uh, than we have before. And, I mean, at, at minimum, I don't mind at least testing out and giving a decent run of this three-guard lineup because at the end of the day, we're wasting, like, seven to ten possessions trying to get KP the ball in the first place. So it can't get any worse than that. Um, but uh, – yeah, that's that's all I want to mention. Hope to see this three guard lineup uh, quite a bit more, and hopefully some success. But appreciate as always, and it won't take up any more time. You ever-
2: You too, buddy. Okay, uh, he brought us into last night's show. Now he's gonna take us out of this night's show. Reuben, what's up, friend?
10: Yo, what's up, Kirk? Welcome back.
12: <laughs> no man, I'm I'm definitely drinking the blue Kool-Aid of the Mavs right now. Um I was watching a game with some friends and uh so, uh one of my homeboys friends that I barely know, he was like, Let's take a shot for every three uh they make. I was like, uh you must have not watched the last couple games the Mavs that played, um, but uh didn't do that. But that does sound like a, a fun drinking game. But um just wanted to mention Luca. It seems to me like Luca is playing with a lot more space now uh than he used to. Uh I'm not sure what it is, but I feel like he could drop forty or fifty anytime he wants to. Um, but he is definitely hitting his threes now, um, on a on a high clip, which is great to see. And I hope it uh lasts through the playoffs. Um but definitely, um, I heard a couple of people say uh, the the three guard lineup with uh, Dem Witty, J B, and um, Luca out there. If I saw uh, Dem Witty hit a three, his first three with the Mavs, if he can just you know notch that up and just let it fly like that with those three guys out there, I I don't know who could who could stop us. I'm I'm really not scared of any team in the playoffs. I, I really it really doesn't matter who we face. Um, in my opinion, uh, but I feel like with those three guys out there, it it just opens up a, a whole lot of things for for Jason Kidd to call and Luca to do whatever he wants to. But it it kind of depends on if Spence can hit his threes like JB's been doing, which I didn't even think he was like a spot up three point shooter like this. Like he is getting past the ball and letting it fly like right out of his hands and 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 hitting it. So uh, they are definitely going to have to, you know, back up the Brings truck, you know, to to sign him. Um, and I'm OK with that. But I, I did want to mention I can't get out of my mind of Luca and Bam out of Bayou. Just talking mm-hmm. after the heat game like I know Jimmy Butler, it said, it looked like he was just wanting Luca's jersey. Um and he was like, hey, take it off the. But you know, Luca doesn't take his jersey off like that. So, but Bam was just having a long conversation with him, hugged him twice. And uh, is he a free agent next year? Or wh- I'm, I'm not no, sure. No, he's locked uh, into his
2: deal. I don't understand, understand what was happening there. But it-
12: yeah, and I just can't get that out of my mind. Like, with a big like him, I hey. The sky's the limit if if they were able to swing that, but I just can't get that conversation out of my mind. I'm like, I don't even think they got the same agent. I'm like, what could they be talking about for this long? Um, but I just can't get that out of my head. But um, I watched the game tonight and I, I was super pleased with everybody hitting their threes. Um, and I I got a lot of hope in uh in Spencer for sure. Um, definitely just you know he. I guess it's the new team vibe. And I just want him to just let it fly, like either drive or let it fly. Cause that's going to open up a whole nother, a whole nother lane for Luca, not just Luca, just, but the whole team. Um, and definitely big ups to, uh, Maxi Kleber. Oh my God. I'm like, it, it, when KP left, I feel like he got like a memo in his, in the mail or something like that. Like, hey, this is your time to like step up. If you really want to be the five, hey, do all you can to get that five and he's really stepped up. So um with with everybody playing like they are, I'm really not scared of anybody in the playoffs. But um just had to chime in and let you know about that bam thing. I cannot get that out of my head for anything. <laughs> Love it, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Oh, no problem. Have a good one.
2: All right. I do think, you know, the the conversation around Luca and other NBA players is so interesting to me. One of the things I've hated and I use that word and I mean it, it is that when Mark Cuban talks about how oh guys are gonna want to flock to play with Luca, I don't think that's true. I love seeing Luca work the rounds and be friendly and be that dude. The league is just different now. You know, the guys have played in Dirk's era i think they all had a lot of respect for one another but i mean even dirk and tim duncan talked about how the fact that they never really had a conversation until they were sort of forced in a a taxi or something together during all-star break when they had to like go to an event or go to a game together it's just these guys talk to each other more there's social media there's different options and so it's like i like seeing that sort of thing because luca being you know a bit of a politician with other players is really fascinating to me. I'm not sure what it means. but hard. It's I love reading into things. Um. So you guys go ahead and have fun with that. But this is, this has been nice. All right, guys. I know I said we weren't going to talk for long. We talked for an hour. So this has been fun. That's why we do this. It's supposed to be fun. And really, as as you know, I was explaining. I had some dinner guests over tonight, and I was telling them like part of the reason I do this is because I'd rather talk about this with other people who really love basketball than talk about it. With, you know, it's like, like you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, talking basketball with colleagues who don't know what the hell they're talking about is so painful. And granted, some of us are idiots, too. But, like, we're idiots relative to, like, Perala Bob or, like, the GMs and such. Like, most of us that do this sort of stuff are pretty knowledgeable about what's going on. We have fun. We like the game. All right, team. Here's the deal. Um I don't know what I'm going to be doing the next week. I've tried to encourage Josh to to come up with some guests that he'd like to talk to, because Josh knows some folks around the Dallas Mavericks area. I'm going to be recording a few, you know, quick hit pods as as news pops up. Um, we'll have something going on. You know, I would really love to see Luca play well in an all-star game, but I have a feeling he's going to be mailing it in though. Cleveland does, or the Ohio does have one of the biggest Slovenian populations in the uh, United States. So Maybe he puts on a show for the hometown uh, crowd there. Who knows? We'll see. I hope you guys do watch the All Star festivities. It, it's fun. I it's like cynical and I hate it sometimes, but I like I'm gonna make my I'm gonna basically make my five year old watch some of this stuff with me because it's fun. You guys have a good time. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Memphis Money Podcast if you haven't already. Tell your friends to join this green room because we have a great time. Everyone be good and enjoy the rest of your uh, week.